the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When the Lord says that he will never leave us, he will never leave us. Ever. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Well, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 32, and I entitled this message, A Living Nightmare. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I'm sure that we all have maybe our version of a nightmare story, because a nightmare can be defined as anything that's unpleasant and frightening. It can be an experience that's turned sour and bitter. Some people have said that certain relationships have become a nightmare. Hey, just because on your first date it was followed up with 236 text messages in the next three hours doesn't mean that that person's a stalker, but then again, I guess you'll find out. (laughs) But someone else maybe has a job that's turned into a nightmare because all of a sudden you found out that you have to work every weekend and Christmas too. Or maybe you have a family member or a neighbor who's become a nightmare. No comment on that other than, well, that's going to increase your prayer life, as you know. Uh, But one thing for sure, we all live in a fallen world. We live in a world that has forsaken God. And because of that, things are not perfect. Things are not flawless. Things can be volatile. And things can change from bad to worse at any moment. Now, with that as a backdrop, today, as we continue in this study in Exodus, we're going to see how Moses has to deal with a complete and total nightmare, because it's about to unfold to him as God informs him that his people that are down at base camp, at the base of the mountain, have fallen into total reprobate sin. Now, as you remember in our last study, Moses was on top of the mountain with God, enjoying what no other human being was ever able to enjoy in all of the Old Testament. For he was there with God alone on the mountain for over a month as God revealed to him a vision for a tabernacle, a sanctuary, a church to be built in the wilderness. He gave Moses all the dimensions and how to construct it so that they could worship and sacrifice the Lord God. So God would even raise up special craftsmen to build it to his specs, proving once again that whatever task, whatever calling, Whatever conversation God would have us to have with a family member, a coworker, or a friend, God will always enable us to do whatever he's asked us to do, meaning he will give us his strength, his wisdom, and his knowledge to do 
whatever it is, so that we don't have to try to pull it off in our strength, but we can pull it off in his strength. Yes, for Moses, everything was going great. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, life could not be any better. As Moses hung out with God for 40 days. I mean, think about that for a second. It's like you've had the best six weeks of your entire life. I mean, who else can make a boast like that? Yeah, I hung out on a mountain with God for six weeks. I mean, it was, I mean, if that was us, we would never, ever want that time to end. But like all the best times in our lives, think about the nicest vacation you've ever been on, the most gratifying experience you were experiencing, the most entertaining event. They all have to come to an end. And so it was for Moses and his mountaintop experience with God. For his dream life of just hanging out with the Lord is about to be completely shattered with the most unimaginable nightmare. What nightmare, you might be wondering? Well, the people of God, again, back down at base camp, have fallen off the wagon. They have completely abandoned God and they're worshiping a false God in the shape of a cow. Like what? I mean, imagine Moses getting this info. He's been, you know, just floating on cloud nine in the presence of the living God, the creator of the universe, who's been personally sharing with Moses his great plans and and purposes for his chosen people. But now he's hearing that that same chosen people of God have completely backslid falling into total idolatry and other wickedness. Now, let's remember here, right before Moses went up to the mountain with God, he reminded the people that of all that God had spoken to them. He reminded them of the Ten Commandments, his statutes, his laws, which God established for us to live by. That's when the people of God responded to Moses in total agreement with him, saying in Exodus 24, 7, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do, and we will be obedient to the Lord. Then Moses took all of the leaders, remember, up to the mountain of God, and the leaders, all of the leaders got to get a glimpse of God himself. And before God took Moses and Joshua a little farther, Moses in Exodus 24, 14 told the elders that Aaron and her were going to be in charge and to wait for his return. Now, what do you think that meant? What did that mean, wait for his return? It means that Moses and Joshua were going to return. They were going to come back. Like, I'll see you guys later, right? That's what it meant. And as we ended chapter 31 last week, God gave to Moses a copy of the Ten Commandments written on tablets of stone by God's own finger. Yes, Moses has been in the clouds, yet little did he know that his glorious time with the Lord was about to get completely shattered. Has that ever happened to you? I mean, like, you know, you're having the best time of your life. I mean, just life is wonderful. It's like maybe you're even kind of on cruise control. Everything couldn't be better than all of a sudden the devil opens up the abyss and the unthinkable happens. 
You get the unwanted phone call, the unexpected news, a horrible loss, and your peace is nowhere to be found. I'm sure we've all been there. Maybe some of you are there right now. Well, the bubble of joy in Moses' life, well, it's about to burst. Well, let's look at our first point, wanting to play. Well, the Lord told Moses, you better get down that mountain and you better get down right now because his anger was burning against this obstinate, rebellious people. Again, why? Well, let's read together what they did. Picking up in Exodus chapter 32, verse one says, now when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people assembled around Aaron and said to Aaron, come, make a God for us that will go before us. And as for this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what's become of him. So verse two, Aaron said to them, well, tear off your gold, you know, rings and, and those things in your ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and, and bring them to me. Then all the people tore off their gold rings, which were in their ears, and they brought them down to Aaron. And he took them, and he took them from his hand and he fashioned it with a graving uh, tool and, and he made it into a molten calf. And they said, this is your God. O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Really? Then, verse 5. Now Aaron saw this, and he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And so the next day they rose up early, and they offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink, and they rose up to play. Oh. They rose up to play. Like, wow. How did, what happened? How did this happen? I mean, this should answer the question to all of those people. You ever been sharing with someone, they say, well, I don't believe in God. I mean, like, if I could see him, I would believe. I mean, like, if God, if I could just see, like, where's God? How do you know God exists? If I could just see him or touch him or, or talk to him, then I would believe. Really? What about all these people? Didn't they get to see God move? Didn't he get to see God move against Egypt, against Pharaoh, the most powerful man on planet Earth? He decimated the Egyptians. He split the Red Sea in front of them. They went out into the wilderness. There was no water. God made water come out of a rock. And every day, how are they eating? Oh, that's right, because God's providing manna on the ground for them. How much have they seen? And then the elders all got to go up and get the glimpse of God himself. But what are they doing now? completely turning their back on God. All of these people watched the mighty hand of God deliver them. Yet, as Moses was basking in the presence of God, the people said, hey, where's Moses? We don't know what happened to him. This is when the elders and the leaders should have said, "Uh, excuse me, we didn't lose Moses. We know exactly where he's at. He's on the mountain with God. And he'll return just like he said he would return. When? When he's done speaking with our great God. That's when he'll come back. Who, by the way, delivered you out of slavery from the world governing empire of the Egyptians. But these people, they didn't say that. These people lacked patience, just like many of us do at times. You know, patience is the ability of waiting 
without getting angry or upset. Remember the life of faith. What is faith? Faith is simply that. It's faith. It's not always seeing God's plan in front of you. It's not always seeing every detail. It's not always seeing what's going to happen next in our life. See, faith in God is trusting what his word says when you haven't seen it unfold yet. See, trusting his promises when you haven't seen the promise come out yet before it actually happens. So I wonder, do you have faith? Do you embrace the promises of God? Or do you have to wait and see before you believe? Because here in our text, for them, it was out of sight, out of mind. They didn't see Moses for 40 days. So they abandoned God to something that they could tangibly see. I wonder if we're not guilty of the very same thing. Have we misplaced our faith in someone or something other than Jesus? Did these people have their faith in the man Moses or in God who delivered them? Because now that they cannot see Moses, it seems like they don't see God either. As a pastor, my job is to point people to Jesus. It's not to make people become codependent on me or core church. Now, core church is here to serve you as God commands us to do. That's why we're here. You need counseling, you come in. We're here to minister to you, to encourage you, to help you with your marriage when it hits a wall. We're here. And the church is here for people to come to and to worship And that's why we have a worship team that is involved with worship. Not just song leading, worship. That's why God commands us to go to church. Some people think, well, I'll just watch online or I'll do this. And I'm glad for the people that are watching online. That's why we make it available. But don't make this a place to where you have no other church that you go to. You're supposed to come to church. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of the brethren. Why? Because it's for the express purpose of you developing a personal relationship with God. But this is the very reason why I stress, and my wife stresses, the importance of daily spending time with God. Reading his word, praying daily. Understand, if we don't develop this trust in the Lord, when times of hardship come, and hardship will come, When times of trial and difficulty come, which they will come, they will come knocking on the door of your soul. When sinful desires of lust and passion embrace the depth of your soul, when our faith is being tested by the fire, will we question in our faith at that point? Will we question if God really loves us? God, you really love me. I've been having this hard time for like two days now. Two days. Does God really love me? Will you cling to the promises of God and hold on to him no matter what? Will you find your refuge and your foundation in the Lord until the storm passes? Again, the only way, the only way that we can be strong in the Lord is by building that relationship when times are good. For the storms are always on the horizon. They're always going to happen. 
Pain will always come. Distresses in life will come. They will present themselves with little to no notice. So investing in a strong relationship with the Lord in the calm times will will prove to be so extremely valuable in times of crisis. For his promises to us is that he will never leave us or forsake us. Do you know that? We don't always feel or see the Lord. But when the Lord says that he will never leave us, he will never leave us, ever. You don't have to feel it. You don't have to sense it. But he said it, and the Lord always keeps his word. He's not like a friend that lets you down. He's not like a parent that disappointed you. He will never, ever leave us, especially when affliction comes. But getting back to our text, they couldn't wait one more day for Moses' return. They're like, one more day? You couldn't wait one more day? I wonder how many times we've interfered with God's plans and purposes because we couldn't wait one more day. I remember uh, it was the week before we closed escrow on this building here, buying this building. And again, we bought a building that we should have never been able to buy. We, we came into this whole thing with like no money. We had $600,000 because a dear saint in our church passed away. She went home to, to be with the Lord and she gave us her house in Century City. So by the time we paid off the house and fixed it up and paid the realtor, paid the lawyer fees and everything, it was $607,000 left. Because she had called me and my wife and she said, I want to give you my house. And I said, you know, Beverly, that's so sweet, but don't give it to me and my wife. Give it to the church because that could be a down payment for a, a building one day. And she's like, that's a good idea. I'll give it to the church. And she did. And so we got $607,000. Well, when we came to talk to this guy about buying this building, you know, uh, he says, uh, he, once he realized we didn't have any money, he's like, hey, I'm going to sell this to someone who has money. I'm like, but I'm telling you, sir, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he was a Jewish man. I said, it's going to give us this building. He's like, yes, you have faith. I deal with money. Okay, so he says, the only way I'm going to, I will sell you this building is if I'm going to make up a contract and it's like, you sign the contract. I want $600,000 down of all the numbers for him to grab. He could have said 300,000. He could have said 800,000. He said 600,000. And that's exactly what we had. He didn't know that. And it's like, I said, I'll give you 600,000 and I'll sign your contract. He says, if you don't close escrow in 120 days, I'm going to keep your money and I'm going to keep the building. I said, okay. So we did it. Me and my wife delivered the check. She rode up with me and we just did it. And so we get to the, you know, about a week out and Dennis Carpellis, my uh, associate in crime, okay? Uh, he's my baconator with me, okay? And so, you know, he, you know, we're out and we're eating. I think we were eating pastrami that day. And, and, and he just kind of restored and he grabbed my knee. We were in the front seat of his car right up here off of Pico. I, I remember it like it was a video. And he's like, so, so Steve. Pastor, what's the backup plan? <laughs> and I'm like, because at that point, we were two weeks out. We were about $300,000 short. He goes, what, you know, what's the backup plan? Because me and Dennis were businessmen. We, we came out of a business world. And, you know, he's a very extremely good salesman. He's good at what he does. And so it's like, hey, when you're going into, you know, different type of deals and everything, you, you got to, you know, you got to have a few different backup plans. It's like, so what's the backup plan? So I knew exactly what he was talking about because I am the same mindset. Me and Dennis are very like-minded in business. And so, and I looked at him and I said, 
we're going to pray. He goes, yeah, yeah, right, right. But what's the backup plan? (laughs) And I'm like, prayer, Dennis. We need to pray. And, And it's like he wanted to see something. It's like there's nothing to see here. We have to trust God. And, and it's like, so the Thursday before the Monday that we had to close escrow, we had got that number down to uh, $270,000 short. And so I'm preparing my Bible study. You know, it's like, a, it's a little overwhelming. I had to put it out of my head because I just had to focus on the Bible study. I get a phone call from a, uh, a guy from a, a really large church here in Southern California. And, uh, you know, this guy never calls me, like never. Like, why are you calling me on Thursday? I'm studying. Don't call me on Thursday. It's like, you know, I'm studying. But, I, you know, I seen him. I hadn't talked to him in a long time. So I, I took the call. I'm like, how's it going? You know, and he goes, hey, how you been? I'm like, you know, just a small talk, small talk. He goes, hey, weren't you talking about buying some building or something? I'm like going, yes. <laughs> We're supposed to close escrow on Monday. And he goes, oh, praise Jesus. You know, and I'm like going, well. <laughs> and he goes, what? I go, well, we're $270,000 short. And he goes, wow, you're not going to believe this. He goes, right now, we just got an inheritance to our church. Someone left us an inheritance. I go, he goes, I can loan you that money. And I mean, right then, the Lord was like, don't you dare take that money. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, uh, uh. And the Lord's like, don't you take that money. And I'm, I mean, it was just like, it was just immediate. And I'm like, no. And he goes, no, I, I think we could. We, we could actually loan you the money. I'm like, no. Okay, brother. Well, God bless you. Have a great day. Okay. I'm like, oh, okay. So I had to get back to the study. It's like, okay. So then we were doing, at that time, we were doing a live one-hour program on KKLA at, from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock at night on Saturdays. And I'm, I'm driving in and I'm thinking, you know, Lord, I could just ask, I could ask like, like, like 40 people, if they could just give $5,000 and we could, you know, just, we could get this building, you know, like, you know, like, you know, or whatever the number was, you know, but I'm just like, oh, Lord, you know, it's like, and he's like, don't you dare ask people for money on the radio. I'm like, okay, okay, Lord, no problem. So I didn't. So then the Sunday morning, we have to close escrow on Monday. Okay. So on Sunday morning, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to grab our checkbook, me and my wife's checkbook. I'm going to write a check for a thousand dollars. Is this not how we all think? I mean, like, there's got to be a way here. You know, like we're, we're almost there. You know, we're, like we're almost, I can taste it. You're almost there. Okay, so, so it's like I, I'm going to write a check for $1,000. I'm just going to say, hey, you know, we had three services at the old, you know, bank building over there. And we had 800 people coming down. I'm like, hey, I just need 270 people, uh, 269 more to write a check. I'm thinking, that's reasonable. You know, it's like the body of Christ will step up. And the Lord's like, don't you dare ask those people for money. Okay. Okay, and I'm just, oh, I wanted to so bad. I just, oh, I, I so want it. And I'm just like, okay, all right. So I didn't ask people for money. Yeah, but I'm just like, Lord, you know what? I don't think I would do anything different. I've really felt that you wanted me to have this building. And I was telling my wife about it one day. I'm like going, honey, it's like, I just think we're supposed to get this building, but it's so much money. How are we going to come up with this money? And that's when my wife walked to me and she said, if we can believe God for this, why can't we believe him for this? And when that woman shared that with me, that was from the Holy Spirit. God used her. I just knew that God wanted us to have this building. So I'm just saying to the Lord, I got, Lord, I just know that you want us to have this building. While I'm saying that, 
my phone goes off. I'm not even out of bed yet, okay? I'm like the rack master, okay? And it's like, I look at it, it's a text message from a phone number. He goes, well, meet me at 945. So I get up, I take a shower, and I'm like, who is this, you know? So I walk up, and it's a guy, him and his wife came to our church for the very first time the day before on Sunday. And I just remember saying hi to him on the way out. I mean, I, never, I didn't talk to him, I just said hi. And, but uh, Robert, our old admin pastor, before he retired, uh, gave him my phone number. And so I walk up and go, hi, how's it going? He goes, yeah, I hear you're a little short. And I go, yeah. And he goes, how much are you short? He goes, I said 260000 And he goes, do you have your account number for your church bank and the routing number? I go, yeah, I carry it in my wallet. He goes, can I see it? And he just, he walked into the bank and he walked down and he said, I just wired it into your account. God bless you. Have a nice day. And it's, <laughs> this is what I don't want you to miss. What if I would have borrowed that money that we couldn't have paid back? What if I would have disobeyed the Lord on Saturday night or Sunday morning? What if I would have went against trusting in Him? What if He wouldn't have done that? Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also get via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.